Hi there, Monica White, licensed mental health counselor here. Welcome to Boost Your EQ. This is the podcast where I teach the most important psychology skills you can learn to build abundant, thriving relationships with yourself and the people around you. Welcome to episode 30, What a Therapist Can Do. In this episode, I'm going to discuss the various things that a therapist can do. So if you've been in my therapist mastermind group, you know that I believe therapists are coaches and consultants and entrepreneurs and business owners, and that basically we can do everything and anything that we want to do as long as we're focused on our niche, so our ideal clients and serving them in the ways that we feel like we can. Last year, in the online therapist group, I shared a PDF titled, Curious What a Therapist Can Do, Here's My Take. And this PDF reached almost 30,000 people, so mini viral, not super viral, just like, you know, It reached at least 29,630 people and it was shared over 300 times. So clearly it struck a chord. So let's break it down and let's just get right into it. This is what a therapist can do. All right, so this is a super complex, multifaceted, nuanced subject. And it has to do with the whole field of therapy and counseling and modern therapy and anyone that's considered a therapist. So that's psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, social workers, etc. And it also has to do with the health industry and the insurance industries. Also, it has to do with lobbies, the social work lobby, and the American Counseling Association, and the NBCC, and there's just a lot of advocacy groups. So the industry is huge, it's super complicated, and if you're a therapist, an LMHC, a LPC, prescribing nurse practitioner, a LCSW, LICSW, PhD, MD, DO, Anybody that's involved in behavioral health, it's a super complex industry. There's no doubt that it's overwhelming even for us in the industry. So anyhow, I'm going to try to keep this simple like usual and break down into a checklist the different things that a therapist can do. If you find me on Facebook at WellBe2Go, you'll see that on my timeline, my photos from WellBe2Go's postings, that there's a photo, a checklist from May 10th, 2019. And this is the one that was shared almost 30,000 times. And it says a therapist, a life coach, and a licensed therapist also. So if you are interested in this subject, find me on Facebook at WellBe2Go and scroll down to May 10th, 2019, and you'll see the checklist here that I'm about to run through. Okay, so if you've been following me or you've worked with me or you have been in my therapist mastermind, you know that I'm a very, very coachy counselor. And now that I'm working at the hospital for United Optum at Reliant, they do a model that is two to eight sessions of behavioral health coaching. So basically I'm a coach 40 hours a week in my hospital job, 
which was interesting because I'd already fallen into line that way in my private practice. So I've been a coachy therapist for eight years plus and, you know, 10,000 hours, right? So in therapy, we've had models that are like solutions focused and act therapy and just, you know, these narrative postmodern therapies, somatics. We've done a lot of these sort of, um, you know, coachy counseling solutions focused orientations and modalities. So I had been doing very coachy counseling for years. And in fact, in grad school, my orientation was solutions focused, right? So, you know, therapy is nuanced and, and there's thousands of types of modalities and interventions. So there's just a lot. It's a huge field and we don't have to limit ourselves. But in my private practice and in my hospital job, I'm definitely very coachy. And at my hospital job, I'm considered a BH coach. So I'm a licensed therapist that provides coaching on demand, on the spot, in real time, 40 hours a week, right? So also in my private practice, my clients are all super high functioning, modern millennial professionals. So they don't actually need a lot. They just need coaching. So coaching has become... Um, an obvious common sense modality for me and now moving into business mentoring and coaching and coaching other therapy providers, other health professionals, now I'm super, super coachy, right? So the goal of coaching is to get an outcome. Let me just run through the things that a therapist and a coach do. A therapist improves performance. We develop potential we're solutions-oriented or solutions-focused, we give direction, and we define goals. A coach improves performance, develops potential, is solutions-oriented, gives direction, and define goals. Those are my interpretations, and they're the same thing. Now, where it gets a little complicated is your niche and your ICA and your training. And it's super nuanced. So there's not a competition between anyone. There's not a competition between therapists or social workers or psychiatrists. No, not at all. In fact, I tell all my clients that you need a team. So nowadays, the postmodern thing is, you know, with me at least in my private practice and at the hospital, I deliver two to eight sessions of brief BH coaching. So we get in there, we define like a plan of action, and we create a timeline of, you know, a plan for my clients, right? A life coach as well does that. So things are starting to get really post, post, postmodern, and they're sort of blending together. However, this is where the nuances start to happen. Let's get into what a licensed therapist also can do. And this is where it kind of starts to hurt our minds and it just gets mind blowing. And so last year I had to really differentiate for myself. What is me being a coach and what is me being a therapist? So that's why I created two separate, um, you know, practices. One is well be to go And that is paneled with insurance companies that is mostly counseling, even though I do do career coaching, you know, to develop people's ability to function in their social and occupational roles. So we do that sort of targeted counseling. And I also do life coaching because life coaching is lifespan and human development. That's a graduate level course. Like I can look at 
Erickson's lifespan and human development, and I can target where people um, are stuck and where they need to go. So I'm very, very coachy in that in that aspect. So counseling, I kind of look at where are the stuck points in our past, you know, in our lifespan development. So as a child and as a teenager and as a young adult, where do we get stuck? And if you've looked at Erickson's lifespan, you know that all the important stages, five out of eight of them are in the adolescence and childhood. So that's before we're 20. So it's really important to take a look at the previous stages, such as, you know, identity and trust and safety and initiative and industry and identity and intimacy and um, all those things that happen before the age of 20. So that's what I do as a counselor. I look at Erickson's stages of psychosocial development and where people get stuck. However, as the coach, I also look forward. So I look at Erickson's stages again. And in our 20s, 40s, 50s, 60s, etc., we have to develop intimacy, close relationships, feel socially like involved. We also develop a sense of contribution to the world. And then we develop a sense of integrity. So when reflecting on our life, we feel a satisfaction of our life. So I'm always trying to do the counseling and the life coaching piece all at once and I usually do that within the first session. So we get a lot accomplished in one session. All right, so that's that. That's the easy part. That's how do you be a licensed therapist and a coach and a counselor and a business owner. Um, you know, now let me go into the complicated piece. So if you just wanted to get the basics on how to be a therapist and a coach, that is that. Okay, I need to take a deep breath because this is where things get complicated. Okay, so just bear with me. A licensed therapist, that means an LCSW, LICSW social worker, that's a PhD, that's a psychologist, that's a MD, a psychiatrist, that's a nurse practitioner, NP, that's a LPC, that's a licensed professional counselor, and LMHC, a licensed mental health counselor, etc. and etc. Okay, if you're in this camp and you're a licensed therapist, so you have a license through the state, for example, I have a license through New York and Massachusetts, so I've gone through all the exams and the credentialing and all the background um, educational things that they want to have and all the thousands of hours of experience that was documented, and I submitted those to New York and Massachusetts, and they're like, okay, you are licensed here to practice therapy, and every year we have to do continuing education credits and pay fees and stay on top of all that. So it's definitely a lot of work to be a licensed therapist. And for most people, it's entirely overwhelming and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's been really, really overwhelming. So it's so hard to be a licensed therapist nowadays. There's a lot of hoops and challenges and obstacles in our way. However, there are some benefits. So a licensed therapist also can, number one, Choose from hundreds of evidence-based modalities, such as psychodynamic, mindfulness, trauma-informed, solutions-focused, family systems, somatic, interpersonal, ACT, CPT, CBT, DBT, EMDR, EFT, MET, MI, REBT, PE, etc., etc. 
Okay, so being a licensed therapist means that you can get trained in all these different modalities. And to be quite frank, psychodynamics and CBT are super effective and very popular in performance coaching. So even if you are a performance coach, you do need to have some awareness of CBT and psychodynamic processes. So that's bringing all our unconscious things to the surface, right? So if you're a licensed therapist, you have some familiarity and background in many different modalities. So that is actually pretty cool and exciting. So that's a perk. Number two, a licensed therapist also understands the DSM-5 and is aware of the ICD-10-CM basics. So the ICD-10 is a medical classification by the WHO with over 70,000 codes for resource allocation. Okay, so this is where it gets super complicated. So when I'm billing insurance or I'm at the hospital billing, there are literally 70,000 codes that not really just myself, but all nurses and doctors, etc., can bill for. So that's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things to know. However, the cool thing, the perk about that is that any problem, any issue under the sun, almost anything has been solved. There is a code for it. You can bill for it. Now, does that mean, you know, you can solve chronic illness? Like, for example, multiple sclerosis. No, there's not a cure for it, but there is treatment and there's management. Same thing in mental health. There's a code for everything from PTSD, you know, and I include CPTSD in there, to mood disorders, to generalized anxiety, to um, ADD, and all kinds of other things that we could identify as needing management or treatment. So that's pretty cool. We have a lot of... Um, choices there in billing. So that's really awesome. So number three, a licensed therapist also assesses each person uniquely from a biopsychosocial perspective. So yes, this is very hard. However, I can do it in 30 minutes or less. So every single person that comes to me in 30 minutes or less, I'm assessing. I'm looking at the history. I'm looking at their Erickson stages of psychosocial development. I'm looking at things from baby to young adult. So from zero to age 20, the things that they're stuck points are, you know, so wherever they got stuck, I'm looking at that. And I'm also looking at the environment, the genetics, so the biopsychosocial takes all these environmental, developmental, genetic, etc., nature sort of and nurture experiences and formulates it into um, a perspective that makes sense and that's applicable to that current person. Okay, number four, a licensed therapist also collaborates with clients to develop a strengths-based action plan with goals and measurable objectives. This needs to happen within the first three to five sessions. So this means that if you're a client, you should sort of know that your therapist is looking at your strengths and that they're creating and formulating an action plan and goals with measurable objectives. So you're gonna get outcomes if you work with a licensed therapist. All right, number five, a licensed therapist also provides therapeutic interventions and skill building. So I teach assertiveness, role-playing, communication, reality testing, problem-solving, reframing, focusing on successes, 
encouragement of independent action, processing experiences, identifying values, relationship building, and assisting with healing and recovery. That's a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's why it's really exhausting and really hard work to be a therapist because we are doing all of that in 30 to 60 minute sessions regularly, repeatedly with every single person that comes in. So it's it's a lot of work to be a therapist. However, we can do all that and that is very cool. So I love that. It's pretty fascinating. It's identifying all those things and then translating it to each client and each patient so that it makes sense to them where they're at. So I often feel that as a therapist, I'm speaking multiple languages and I speak Spanish. So sometimes I have to do it in Spanish, um, usually English speaking, and then I have to do therapy speak, translate it for the insurance companies, write the note and make it fun for the client so that they like feel motivated to come back, right? So it is a ton of work and I feel like therapists do speak multiple languages. So that's that, let's move on. Number six, a licensed therapist also can provide career and relationships counseling and coaching. So remember in grad school when we did career counseling and marriage and family counseling, et cetera, et cetera. So those are old hat for us. So yeah, I often provide career counseling regularly and I even help my clients work strategies into how to get promotions and how to um, work as an effective team leader and develop their leadership skills and training so that they can succeed in their career and they can feel super confident becoming decisive and looking at outcomes and solving problems, right? We also do relationships, counseling and coaching. So that's parenting, that's healthy relationships, that's teaching our clients the skills of how to develop, you know, psychosocially. So having trust and intimacy and safety and generativity and just being able to connect and contribute with ourselves and the people around us. So I do that regularly. Number seven, a licensed therapist also can help clients or patients explore the past if it helps the client move forward. So in a couple past episodes, I talked about eight keys to safe trauma recovery, and I follow Babette Rothschild's motto, which is the only goal of trauma recovery is to improve the person's quality of life. So if it helps that person to explore the past, to explore some stuck points where we got stuck with trust and safety and um, relationships, etc., then we do explore it because, you know, sometimes we get stuck in our past traumas and we do need to process, organize, and clarify them. So I can usually hear where people are stuck at what stage of development they're stuck in. So a lot of times I go back and a person may be stuck at age seven. And at age seven, I can hear that maybe it's something to do with initiative versus guilt. So, you know, a preschooler or a young person may have been made to feel guilty when they were a young child by their parent, etc., whatever. And so I can hear that they're stuck at age seven. Someone that's stuck in their teenage years, so maybe they were multicultural and came from different cultures, they may get stuck in that identity versus confusion. So they need to learn how to have their sense of self and integrate it into their you know current daily functioning to form like you know be proud of their identity and not be confused or be stuck again a lot of people in their 20s to 40s 
uh, get stuck in intimacy. So young adults have difficulties forming close relationships and they have a hard time gaining intimate love. So they feel socially, um, you know, um, isolated, for example, if they're not able to have healthy relationships. So that's why I teach emotional intelligence and self-care and boundaries and assertiveness and getting to know ourselves so that we can connect with ourselves and the people around us. All right, so that's an example of number seven. So as a trauma clinician, as a person that did study development, psychosocial development, I can help my clients explore the past, their childhood, adolescent, young adult issues, if it helps them move forward and if it improves their quality of functioning. So that's something any person can choose. If it won't help them move forward, which actually that does happen. So I have a lot of patients that I see that are in their 50s and 60s and exploring the past would not help them. It's not going to improve their quality of life. So we don't even need to go there. We just focus where they're at and do like self-care and, you know, improving positive social supports, etc. So if it helps the client move forward, then we can explore the past if it, and where they're stuck. And if we, if it doesn't help them, then we don't. It's that simple. It's just nice to have the option of being able to do that. So, you know, it's a, it's a really amazing skill and it's so wonderful to be able to do that when it really helps the person. Okay, moving on. Number eight, a licensed therapist also can choose from hundreds of assessments such as the PCL, BDI, GAD, ACE study, etc., etc., etc. Okay, so assessments, evidence-based assessments are super fascinating, super interesting. I we do do the PHQ-9 at the hospital. In the past, I used to use the PCL, so that is for trauma recovery. The BDI is just, you know, how we think um or depressing thoughts, like the level of severity. The GAD is the Generalized Anxiety Questionnaire. The ACE study, okay. This one I don't use anymore, but I had used this thousands of times um, when I worked in with DCF. Um, so the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study Questionnaire is one of the largest studies ever by the CDC, and it measures it's 10 different questions of things that could have happened to us in childhood and the interesting thing about this is even college educated successful professionals many of them had several you know not just one two or three issues in their childhood and adolescence that obviously we know it affects our it is correlated with our physical and emotional health later on in life so although I only use the PHQ-9 currently at the hospital, I have had experience with all these different assessments. And the only reason they're super interesting is it's because it just makes a lot of sense and it just clarifies everything. So, you know, we do have the ability to choose from hundreds of assessments. If, again, if they help the person and if they help us get a clear picture and sort of target these um, complex social issues, right? Okay. Moving on. Okay, number nine, a licensed therapist also has a master's degree or higher from an accredited university. 
Okay, so having a master's degree or higher, that can be a PhD, that can be an MD, that can be a DO, that can be a nurse practitioner degree. Basically, that just means that we have targeted coursework. So if you've been in graduate school for LMHC, like I have, then you know that we've taken a lot of different types of courses. 60 hours of master's degree coursework, that was over two and a half years. So an internship, a practicum, then an internship. So that's a year and a half of practicum and internship. I also remember that we had consultation class. I loved Erickson's lifespan and human development class. We took research and statistics, psychopharmacology, assessment, group dynamics. <laughs> I think we all remember group class. It was so hard. Being in a group as a participant is really, really hard. However, my group class taught me over and over again in life how to organize groups. So in hindsight, this was one of my favorite classes, even though it was the hardest. So being in a group is really hard. However, I do remember group dynamics from graduate school. During graduate school, we also learned about ethical and legal issues and et cetera, et cetera. There's so many, too many classes to remember. However, those are some of the ones that I recall very vividly. Anyhow, moving on. Number 10, a licensed therapist also has passed a state licensing exam. Oh boy, I've done the state licensing exam three times. I took the LPC and the LMHC and I just can't even. I think I have trauma from all of that um, after being licensed in three states and taking two exams and going through all the coursework. You know, you can relate if you're a therapist and you're licensed in multiple states. So I'm not going to get into that because it's just too much trauma. Uh, it's exhausting thinking about it. But number 11, just let's move on. So a licensed therapist also has completed at minimum 3,000 documented supervised hours with a licensed supervisor. That's a lot of hours. So not only did we do a practicum and an internship, that's, I, I believe it was over 1,200 hours. I can't remember even. We had to document all those hours. But then let's say you get you finish your graduate school program, you do your practicum, your internship, then you do another 3,000 documented supervised hours. So that's number 11. Needless to say, thinking about it's exhausting. But anyhow, so a licensed therapist has completed at minimum 3,000 documented supervised hours with a licensed supervisor. Which brings me to number 12. As I mentioned, a licensed therapist also has completed a practicum and internship in varied settings. Um, okay, so practicum and internship. We all had to do different agencies and settings. So my practicum was in a nonprofit and my internship was in an inpatient unit of a hospital. So for a year, I worked on an inpatient unit of a hospital and you know did assessments and group therapy and individual therapy, etc. Number 13, a licensed therapist also completes yearly continuing education credits. So every two years I have to complete 30 hours to maintain my license in good standing. Moving on, so number 14, a licensed therapist also can collaborate with other healthcare professionals on your behalf and refer you to other specialists if medically necessary. 
as I've mentioned, I work in the hospital in internal medicine. So it's kind of nice that I collaborate with psychologists and nurse practitioners and PCPs. So I have the ability to collaborate with other healthcare providers or other school counselors, etc. Number 15, a licensed therapist also abides by state board ethics and regulations. And you know that there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of regulations for many different reasons. However, we are aware of those and we have to follow them. Number 16, a licensed therapist also provides HIPAA privacy and policies. That has to do with confidentiality and informed consent and health records, etc. And number 17, a licensed therapist also can identify and diagnose issues and problems. That's important, even though most of us don't like that. <laughs> so if I go to my doctor, I don't want to get a problem, right? I really don't want to. So when I went to my neurologist, I didn't want to get multiple sclerosis, just like when I diagnosed for anxiety or depression or trauma, nobody wants those issues and problems. However, the benefit of getting a accurate, clear, simple diagnosis is that you know what to do. So I'm all the time diagnosing my clients and I let them know. I'm like, hey, you know, generalized anxiety disorder. What does that mean? Well, that means that you're getting symptoms. So irritability, difficulties concentrating, overwhelmed feelings, etc. You know, just look in the DSM for anxiety and you can find symptoms and they're legit, you know. So when we get anxiety, we're going to get a certain level of symptoms. That's usually like um, muscle tension, sleep disturbance, being keyed up, being fatigued, difficulty concentrating, etc. Right? So at least if we know what it is and that it's common, we can manage it and we can create a plan of action. So again, no one wants to have their issues and problems diagnosed. However, we definitely want to identify them because, you know, the gift of being healthy and having wellness. And, you know, I often say the gift of being able to share experiences with people. That's like reality testing and being healthy emotionally and psychologically. That's a gift. So I don't take that lightly. So being able to diagnose issues and problems I find super helpful to pr process, organize, and clarify. And in my life, I have really enjoyed being able to do that because it's just nice. It's nice to feel good, right? So the way to feel good is to know what we're looking at and to find a way forward. And as I always say, with every issue, there is a solution. So there's a solution for everything. So don't wait to you know try to figure things out by yourself consult and get the experience of a licensed clinician because if they're good like most of the ones that i know they will diagnose and get things going so let's move forward in life right let's improve our quality of life and our health and well-being and i often say this to patients or clients i can tell when people have done their personal work so people that have been in counseling or coaching or some sort of mindset training, you can tell they have a language, they have a clarity, they have a thinking and decisiveness and organizational pattern that allows them to be very, very clear and to communicate. So when somebody comes to me and they're, they're like, I've been to a lot of therapy, I'm like, that is awesome. And not only that, I can tell. 
So we're speaking a similar language. We're able to see things in the same way. We're able to connect and communicate and collaborate together. So when somebody says, I've been in, in a lot of therapy, I'm usually like, that's awesome. Because now you have a decision-making process and an organizational thought pattern in your mind that helps you solve and identify problems and move forward. And, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong. A lot of people complain they don't like their therapist or they're not making enough forward movement. And I'm like, you would be surprised. Because even when we don't like our therapist, you know, I've had that negative mindset in the past. I've been not very grateful of my therapist. Even when I have had them, it all worked. And in hindsight, they all offered me something. And any positive social support, whether that's coaching or mentoring or business coaching, etc., in order to be successful in life, we all need a coach. So even professionals need a coach. Even, you know, anyone that's a student or a business owner or an entrepreneur, we all need a coach. And if you've done your counseling, you've done your therapy, you've organized all that, you maybe won't need to put that into your narrative. And maybe you'll just actually be able to really be solutions focused and have that gift of clarity so that you can be there in your customer or your client's um, shoes, their perspective, so to speak. So it does work. Counseling totally works and I can always tell when people have done their own counseling because they come in and they just have this like really clear um, language. They have that clarity and they, they communicate on a very high level. So it does work and reconsider if you've ever said that uh, therapy and coaching and counseling doesn't work because it really, really does. And it's quite amazing to have clients who take it very seriously and they are just like on a different level of functioning. So they're like on the next level and moving forward. So it does lead to success. It is a strategy for success. All right, we've reached the end. So number 18, last one. A licensed therapist also can choose to be paneled and credentialed with insurance companies. I will not get into this, but insurance billing is a really, really, really complicated thing. And it's something that most therapists dread. So again, the insurance agencies um, and companies and panels are a beast in themselves. So I don't try to do it alone. I have a professional biller. So she's worked with hospitals and medical practices for decades and she's really good at billing. So I have learned a lot on my own. However, I do use my biller as my coach. She's just my support person because otherwise it feels like you're walking up a mountain, like Mount Everest. And without a guide, it's really hard to do by yourself. So get a biller, get somebody to help support you that you trust and you really value. And so that's how you can choose to be paneled with insurance companies. So that's all I'm going to say about that because it's very, very complicated. All right, that's it for today, friends. So this is what a therapist can do. And it's my take on all the things that a licensed therapist can do. And again, this PDF... 
I shared it in the online therapist group and it made it to almost 30,000 people. So it reached 29,630 people when I posted it last May in 2019. So, you know, hopefully this episode didn't overwhelm you because it is overwhelming and I'm here for moral support because legitimately it is very complicated to be a therapist. Again, we speak multiple languages. We have a lot of demands on top of us from all kinds of industries, etc. And so hopefully it will, you know, give someone some relief to know that you're not the only one out there. And so as evidenced by the rates of burnout, etc., in therapists, it's so important to know that we do have all these choices and that we are expert level therapists and coaches and consultants and entrepreneurs and business owners. So I want to encourage everyone that has done all this work in their career to believe in themselves and to stay optimistic and hopeful. So just keep going. If we ever need to take a break and reboot, do that for yourself. We all deserve self-care and self-nurturing. So anyhow, that's it for today and I will see you all in season three. Have a good day, friends. Take care.